Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Today, as we come to this program, I am so grateful for the goodness of God. I'm so grateful for the faithfulness of God, the fact that he is with us, that he is for us, that nothing surprises him, and that he has given us his good words for our everyday lives. And Bethany, as we're in this book of Proverbs and we're gaining wisdom and understanding and insight and even discipline and correction, I'm just amazed at how God specifically speaks into the circumstances of our everyday life. It seems like no matter what situation you find yourself in, there's a proverb for that. And that's the purpose of Proverbs. It's to gain understanding. It's to gain wisdom. It's to gain insight, to understand what is right and what is just and what is fair. You know, Bethany, I did a poll on Facebook, you know, which is where I do all of my research, right? obviously. Very reliable right? source. <laughs> obviously. And I just tossed the question out to the social media world. What is the best advice that you received from your parents? Or what is some advice that you like to give to your children? And I I had some pretty good responses. So let's just talk about a few of them right now. Lynn said... Whenever you're facing a situation where maybe somebody's not being nice to you, kill them with kindness. That's that oldie but a goodie. I love that. Okay, Arena said, a lie will always find you out. Mm. I've probably said that to my kids more than once. You know what? In the end, I'm going to know the truth, so you might as well tell me the truth. Okay, Misty said, be good and have fun, but if you have to choose between the two, be good. Yes. She tells that to her children. I'm sure, especially when they get into the teenage driving years. Absolutely. Another thing that Misty shared is do the hard stuff. If you find yourself not doing something because it's hard, keep on going. Mm -hmm. Do it anyway. And that is something that we've seen repeated time and time again when it comes to advice from parents. Another thing that I see on here, which is a continual theme, which is instead of trying to be right, be kind. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Imagine how many fights within a marriage or, you know, relationships between siblings would be solved by just admitting, like, I don't have to be right all the time. Yeah. And maybe I don't have to have the last word. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that's the hard part when it comes to relationships. We feel like we got to get that last word in in order to be right. But the kind thing to do is to think maybe how can I put this other person in front of me? So all of that advice is very practical. You know, it's stuff that impacts our actions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, if I asked you, what is the advice that you would give to your children? A lot of times our advice is driven by our actions. Do this. Don't do that. But sometimes we may fall into the category of telling our kids, do as I say, but not necessarily as I do. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to dispel that myth because really that is a myth because really our kids and the people around us, they're looking at our actions much more than they're listening to our words. Well, actions speak louder than words. You're exactly (laughs) right. I feel like that phrase is much more truthful than the other one. Well, and I mean, we just have so much wisdom just in that because whenever we see our actions that oftentimes come from our heart, then we know maybe really what we value in that situation. And so we have to look at our actions and we have to ask, are our actions lining up to our words? And Solomon, as we come to the book of Proverbs, he's literally looking at his son and he is saying, you know, follow these actions, follow these words. And when we look at Solomon's life, obviously he was a man of wisdom and we want that same 
seem to be said of us as well. So we're going to look at Proverbs chapter three and four. So those two chapters of the Bible, and we're going to see that it's very important for us to have practical wisdom that impacts our practical actions. But all of that flows from a practical place in our lives where we trust God, where we submit to God, where we surrender to God, where we allow his faithfulness to lead us. So we're going to do a little bit of teaching, and then we're going to get to the actual practical application found in these verses. So let's begin in Proverbs chapter three, starting in verse one. Here's what Solomon said. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And so what Solomon is saying is like my words that I'm sharing with you, they are good words. Mm -hmm. These are prosperous words. And Bethany, sometimes when we hear the word prosperity, I think we bring our definition of that to the table. But again, we have to make sure that we bring God's definition of prosperity or anything for that matter to the table and lay that on top of our lives. Well, like what you talk about with a full, free, abundant life, oftentimes we can put that worldly you know, view or lens on those words of abundant. That means that we're going to have a giant house and the nicest car and the best paying job and all of that. But really, when we view it through God's lens, it's prosperity and abundance in a different way. It's a blessed life in a different way. And it's all about the presence of God. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that you brought that up because ultimate prosperity in our faith walks is the very presence of God, you know, going before us, coming behind us, hemming us in and making the path straight for us. And so we see that in God's economy, his presence and his heart and his provision, all of that is tied together. And so our actions sometimes, quite honestly, we're chasing the things of the world and just asking God to bless it. But what if we pulled back and we said, Lord, I want your will. I want your way. And then your thoughts to impact my thoughts, to impact my actions. So I'm running so that I'm demonstrating my actions are in alignment with your character. And so we see that we have the opportunity to incline our heart, our lives, our minds, our actions, our reactions to the heart of God so that we're responding out of surrender, obedience, and truth. And that's That's why Solomon is saying to his son, listen to these words, listen to this wisdom and live in accordance with it. May your words and may your actions line up and may all of it point to God. So we want to continue on and look in verse three of Proverbs chapter three. And this is the first thing that Solomon says to his son, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, last week I shared with all of you that I love to do word studies. Which, by the way, I've started doing now because of you. You've kind of rubbed off on me. (laughs) I love that. And actually, that is a perfect picture of what should happen when we are living life together. We should be investing in one Mm -hmm. another. And I learn from you. You learn from me. And hopefully we all learn from each other. And what is impacted are our actions because our actions ultimately show what we believe. So we see that we should be driven by love and faithfulness, that they should never leave us, that they should literally be like tied around our neck. They should be written on our heart. And the word love that's used in Proverbs chapter three, verse three, is one of these words in the Old Testament that just means so much to me. And that's what I want 
all of us to think about when we do word studies, when we dig into the word and when we really know it, there will be these words that take on just special meaning in our lives. And the word love and the word faithfulness both fit into that category in my walk with Jesus because they've met me at specific places and they've given instruction to me. So I want to talk about the word love and it is the Old Testament word has said. And remember whenever we were, you know, digging around in the story of Ruth, everything that we learned about, everything was driven by said love. And this said love is a picture of God's love and his faithfulness because it is love that is designed for the less fortunate, somebody who is actually in need. And so we see that God, you know, demonstrated said love in sending Jesus. Jesus demonstrated said love in dying on the cross because we were destitute. We were in need. And everything about our lives should position us to receive the love of God and to share the love of God because of our position that we are in fact in need and that God faithfully provides. I love that you brought up that we have to receive it because it really is an open-handed thing that God offers to us. We just have to lay down our pride in a sense, admit that we need help and push aside, I think, any feelings of insecurity of, well, I'm too damaged, I've done too much, I've sinned too many times. Put that all away and just accept that free, amazing, incredible love that God offers to us. And to realize that the truth is the very fact that we have those situations of guilt or shame or missed opportunities or discouragement, it's what positions us to receive that love. Mm -hmm. Without that, we wouldn't be in need. And so we have to realize that God recognized our need. He sent Jesus to save us from ourselves, from our sin. So when we receive that said love, we can give it to others. Because when we look around, there are all kinds of opportunities to express the love of God, to express the kindness of God. And as we express the love of God and the kindness of God, you know what is impacted? Our actions. Mm -hmm. Because we believe who God is and because we believe that what he has done changes and transforms our lives, our actions and reactions are in line with who he is. And so when we think about, you know, do what I say, not what I do, it's so contrary to the word of God. It should be do what I say, do what I do. And all of it comes under the authority of God's word, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his justice, and his provision to make a way for a person like you and me. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're talking about the book of Proverbs. We're talking about wisdom and insight for our everyday lives. And Bethany, what we're really talking about today is that our words and our actions will line up so that the legacy of our life becomes more of our actions than our words. I feel like when you look back at people that have influenced your life, really their actions stand out more than anything. I think of my great grandmother. She was genuinely one of the most godly women I've ever met in my life. And it wasn't so much about anything that she said. Obviously, you know, she talked about the Lord a lot, but it was more of how much time I saw her spending in the word. I mean, she had chapters upon chapters upon chapters of the Bible memorized and she could 
just really spout out just wisdom at any given moment that just fit perfectly into a situation. And so I view her more by her actions than anything Mm. she ever said to me. Well, and that's so powerful. And that's the picture that we want to create where someone can look at us and they don't see us. They see Christ in us and they go, I want that kind of life. And the book of Proverbs positions us to know how to do that from a practical standpoint talking about our actions. What is it that we should do? What should we not do? That's something that we don't talk about often enough, the things that we should avoid. But God's word is full of warnings when it comes to where we should place our feet, where we should place our mind, and where we should place our heart. Let's continue on in Proverbs chapter three, and let's look at the second word, and that is the word faithfulness. Let me recap. Proverbs three, verse three says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And so we see Like we are so connected to love. We are so connected to faithfulness that literally it becomes who we are as a person. And so we talked about the word love that has said love the word faithfulness. It is a really cool word in the Old Testament and everybody needs to know this word. It's the Hebrew word emit. And I think I'm saying that correctly. I'm going to go with it. You know more than I do. (laughs) And so this is a powerful word. It is a word that means to believe. It means trust. It means firmness, stability security. And this is the principal Hebrew word that is used to signify truth. Mm -hmm. So we see the faithfulness of God is directly correlated with the truth of God. You cannot separate the two. And so Mm -hmm. when we think about what we put around our necks and what we write on our hearts that we need to bind this truth that God is love and that God is faithful and all of that is connected to who he is and who we are in response to him and so that should just lead us that should guide us and not only should it lead and guide us in terms of our beliefs it should lead and guide our actions towards others because we want to demonstrate the faithfulness of God we want to demonstrate the truth of God so that there is a alignment in what we say and what we do. And so we want to just foster a loving relationship, a faithful relationship with God that impacts our actions. Now we want to continue on in Proverbs chapter three, moving to probably one of the most well-known verses from the book of Proverbs, but I want us to unpack it because there's a lot of wisdom in this that will impact how we believe and how we act. And this is what it says in verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's just stop Mm -hmm. right there. The word trust, it means to have a confident expectation. I wonder if maybe today, as you listen to this, you're going through a challenging situation. There may be some stress that's going on in your life, and you're not quite sure how to walk out love and faithfulness in the midst of that, both in your beliefs and your actions. This is the key. We need to have a trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. We need to have a confident expectation in his ability and his willingness to work so that our actions line up with who he is. I think that's just the foundation of any health relationship, but especially with God is having that foundation of trust to build everything else up on where when life kind of takes us off guard and by surprise, we're able to go back to that firm, steady, strong foundation of trust, knowing that God's provided in the past, he'll provide now. Mm, That's so good. And what Proverbs 3 goes on to say, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. And the word lean there, like we can lean on things when we're tired. We can lean on things whenever we need support. We can lean on things sometimes whenever we're lazy. And so what does leaning look like in our walk with God? The 
word lean, it means to rest upon, to support oneself or to rely upon. So what we're hearing here in the word of God is that we don't need to rest upon. We don't need to rely upon our understanding of the current situation that we face. So if you're in an overwhelming situation where you're not quite sure how your actions and your words are going to line up, then be careful, be cautious about leaning upon your own understanding of that current situation. We have to understand in the midst of our situations and circumstances that there's more going on than what we can see, what we can measure, what we can comprehend. God's in the details of life. We don't see the minutia. We don't see the details, but God's not doing one thing. He's doing 10 things. He's doing a hundred things in the midst of your current situation. And so you can't lean on your perspective because it's so limited. Instead of that, we are called to acknowledge his ways. And that word acknowledge, it's more than just like giving a mental assent to something. It's surrendering to his ways. It's actually submitting to his will, to his purposes, to his plans. And do you see, Bethany, how that impacts our actions? Because that's where you move from just saying something to actually doing something. It's easy to give lip service to God to say, I trust you, or I do this, or I'll do that. But it's completely different to actually do it. I think it's so easy for us just to have tunnel vision. Like, you know, um, during like the Kentucky Derby or something, the horses, they'll have those blinders on where they can literally only see what's ahead of them. I think that's sometimes how our perspective can look. We can have tunnel vision about our current situation and just think, I don't understand why, why, you know, what's going on, all of that. We can have some confusion. And I feel like God is the guy that's sitting in the stands that can see the entire track. He can see where everybody's at. And his perspective is what we have to rely on. His plan and his purpose is what we have to go back to. Which requires trust. And Bethany, that goes right into the last portion of this verse, which says, he will make our paths straight. Mm -hmm. You know, just like that horse has to trust the individual in the stand calling the shots, he has to run that race, but he has to stay engaged in the process. And the same is true for us. He is making our paths straight. He will make our paths straight. But we have to surrender. We have to submit to his will, to his purposes over maybe some of our preferences. Or even our natural inclinations to get distracted or just feel fearful. We have to kind of fight against that. This is reminding me of one of my greatest struggles in life, which is learning how to let go of control. Mm. Learning how to just say. I think that's all of us. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're not alone in that. That's right. I mean, it's definitely at the top of my list in terms of struggles. But there's progress. Praise God. There's progress. And we should be encouraged by that progress. And so just waking up on a day when you're not quite sure what the future looks like and saying, Lord, I want your will. I want your way. And Lord, I don't have the answers to the current situations that I face. So God, today I'm placing all of my faith, all of my trust in you. But that doesn't happen naturally. And we have to remember that no matter what we go through, it is for our good because God is always on our side. He's never fighting against us. He may use some difficult circumstances or maybe even discipline to show us the right way, but we have to always have that in the back of our mind of this is for our good. So as we think about our actions and our words and how they are called to line up under the authority of God and his word, I thought it would be helpful for us to look at some of Solomon's words of instruction to his son. But again, as we look at these practical application points, this practical wisdom, we have to understand that all of it is undergirded by the principles of love and faithfulness and trust and surrender. Honestly, just simple obedience. So throughout Proverbs chapters three, four, five, and six, we see some real solid sound advice. Solomon tells his son, keep your word. That is super practical. Like if we just applied that to our everyday lives, if our action was 
we say it, we mean it, we do it. Mm-hmm. Our yes is our yes and our no is our no. And we're just going to live in integrity. And as we do that, you know what begins to happen? Our actions and our words line up. Another one is work hard. Don't do mm-hmm. the job just halfway. Do it all the way. And that was some of the advice that I saw on my Facebook post that, you know, parents always tell the child, don't do it halfway. And when it gets hard, don't quit. Keep going. That's even something that I know that my in-laws have told my husband all throughout the years that he was growing up. And he's told me so many times when he's maybe at work and is going through something kind of frustrating or is working on a project that he's not excited about. The words of his dad come back to him of like, don't do anything halfway. If you're going to commit to it and you're going to do it, you need to complete the job and do it the best that you possibly can. So it's amazing how the words of our parents can really stick with us. And you know, the scripture that we should do all of our work as unto the Lord, mm-hmm. that always kind of is a gut check for me because it's like, you know, we aren't just called to do the fun things that we think have impact as unto the Lord, but even the small things. Mm-hmm. And that's something as I look back on my childhood, it was the small things that my parents did that today speaks volumes yeah. about their character. And so Solomon said, keep your word. He said, work hard. Another thing that we see throughout the book of Proverbs is stay away from temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, watch where your feet and where your heart go when it comes to temptation, whether that's sexual temptation, whether that is temptation to maybe do evil or to join up with somebody who is not a person of integrity. Watch your step because a small step leads to another step. And so we want to just really be honest about that, that we have to protect our hearts and our minds. The next one is be careful about ill-gotten gain. I have a funny story about this one. I want to hear it. All right. So my family went through some really lean years financially, and I was beginning to pray for a vacation because okay. like, we didn't have the money for <laughs> you just it. Needed a break. Like, I just needed a break. And yeah. I was very specific. I was like, Lord, I want a cruise. Like, I think that our family <laughs> would love to go on a cruise. I, you know, watched other people go on cruises and, yeah. you know, I watched a commercial about a cruise. And, and you're saying we're going to come boldly before the throne. That's Asking right. for a cruise. That's right. So <laughs> I had prayed that prayer. And then later that day, I got a phone call and it started off with the sound of the boat horn of the cruise. What? And I'm thinking, this is the Lord's provision, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so then it turned into like this sales pitch where if you come and do this and you take the tour, you'll get this for free. And we only need $500 or however much, but you have to make the decision right now. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is the Lord's provision. <laughs> oh. And so I whip out the credit card. Andrea. I did. And I gave them the credit card number. I'm not kidding you. And after I hung up, I thought, I don't know that that was the Lord's was provision. That a scam? It was not a scam, but it was like one of those things where one fee turns into another fee, turns into another fee, turns oh, into no, another fee. Andrea. And so when Jay came home, I was like, oh my goodness, I've just spent all this money on a vacation that is basically a timeshare kind of thing. Oh, and no. it comes with all these different catches. And so the bottom line is this, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> and I think that that goes along with what, you know, Solomon is saying yeah. is like, be careful about ill-gotten gain. Be careful about something that sounds too good to be true that actually probably isn't what it's presented as. Right, and so yeah. what happened is, you know, we lost our $500. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you think that's funny now. I'm it sure was, at the time it was not. <laughs> it was a great lesson. It was a really good lesson because I learned a couple of different things that I continue to have with me to this day. Number one, any kind of decision that has to be made on the spot is an immediate no mm. because there's a reason why they're not giving you 
a chance to think about it. And so it's an immediate no. The second one is never make any kind of financial decision without talking to your husband, even if it's like your perceived answer to a prayer. And that has been a protection for us. And so I'm so grateful for it. But it reminds me of what Solomon is saying here. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably going to be too good to be true. Another one that Solomon said is help people in need. So if you have the opportunity to help someone, help them. Do not accuse people for no reason. Honor God with your money and watch your words. And so all of that just really practical advice from Solomon. It is a reminder that our actions should line up with our words and our words ultimately give direction to our actions. And so we want to see just a beautiful symmetry when it comes to our lives that what we speak and what we say and what we think and what we do and how we react, all of it is under the authority of God. And actually, that's how Proverbs 4 ends. And this is what Solomon said to his son. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Hmm. So when we think about that instruction, we need to know that our actions should be straight ahead, that our paths should be firm and that we should not swerve to the right or to the left. We should not give the enemy a foothold for sin or for compromise or for a lack of integrity. Ask yourself the tough question, does my life line up with this advice? And if it does, praise God. That means that love and trust and surrender at work in your life. But if it doesn't, use this time to reset, to reevaluate and to move forward based upon the truth of God's word. And by the way, if you're thinking about a cruise, let me give you just a little bit of advice. <laughs> we ended up going on a cruise. We paid the full price. And honestly, it was like a cheap steakhouse floating on the water. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.